This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, we've got a big show coming up. We're going to be talking about all of the latest smartphone rumors. Sony, Samsung, Mobile World Congress, the big show over in Europe is coming up. Barcelona's got some big news we're ready for next week. Absolutely. So you're going to be hearing a lot about the latest in smartphones. Plus, Andrew has been testing Apple's HomePod. It took forever for this thing to arrive, <laughs> but you're finally using it in your house. This is the high-end smart speaker with Siri integration, yeah, right? Yes, so i got some early impressions for you we'll be talking about. Plus, the death of Swipe, the popular mobile keyboard for Android and iPhone. It was a Seattle story, and it finally got killed. If an app dies and no one's around to hear it. <laughs> Did it really die? Yes. Also, finally, Dyson, the vacuum cleaner maker, is going to be getting into... Electric cars. And how does that work exactly? We'll find out soon. We're going to the rumor. Explain it to you coming up on Geared Up. All right, so let's jump into it. Also, by the way, we have our winner coming up. We're going to be announcing the winner of our Muse device, the Alexa in your car device that I've been using quite a bit in my car. So stick around for all of that. First, though, you can subscribe to Geared Up by going to geekwire.com slash geared up. Look for us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Everywhere you get your shows. That's right. We're with you all the time. And also you can subscribe to the live feed and the live stream at youtube.com slash gear live. You can also follow GeekWire's Facebook page for the live stream. All right. Let's jump right into it. First up, Sony and Samsung came out with some teasers. Right. Well, Sony came out with some teasers. Samsung has had quite a bit of leaks. So we have a sense for what Samsung could be announcing with the Galaxy S9. Right. Here are some of the specs that have been leaked. Tell me. These phones, the S9 and the S9 Plus, will be essentially the same size and mostly the same design as Samsung's current S8 and S8 Plus, but they will be upgrading to the latest Snapdragon 845 processors. These will be the most powerful processors ever seen in an Android phone. That's what one of the stories said. That's correct. So that, if it does happen, would be the most powerful uh, the sizes will be the same. The S9 will be a 5.8-inch display. The S9 Plus will be the 6.2-inch. Uh, also, though, the camera in particular. The leaks are saying that Samsung is putting a big focus on photography in this release with a 12-megapixel camera, really trying to up its game even more. Photography seems to be one of the killer apps. So, Andrew, where does this leave? If, if this is, in fact, what's going to be announced... Where does this leave Samsung in the competition with the iPhone in particular? Well, Samsung and Apple are really the two major smartphone makers uh, in the United States, at least. And so based on what you said, though, the camera being a big focus, I think, is a big deal because Google is beating everybody when it comes to the smartphone camera. And a lot of people these days, when they buy a smartphone, the camera is really... Like one of the deciding factors, like how good is the camera? You're basically buying a camera that does other stuff now rather than buying a phone that does other stuff. Yep. And Google has been able to leapfrog everybody due to the massive photo store that they have. And they can just mine everyone's data to see how a picture should look. How does it look best? So when you take a picture with a Google Pixel, 
they can use machine learning to make that picture look as good, you know, as better than what you would get on an iPhone or on a Samsung device. So I think Samsung here, it sounds like they're almost doing like a, an S uh, release, kind of like what, how Apple does the, you know, the 7S or the 6S. Like they have same design, just newer internal features. It sounds like that's what they're doing here and really focusing on trying to catch up to Google in the camera space. Interesting because, you know, the iPhone in particular has also been focusing a lot on the camera with the ability to do portrait mode especially. Right. So it is really an arms race at this point to see who can have the, the best camera. And I think you're right. I think people really are looking to the camera as the biggest feature that they decide on when they're deciding whether to go for an Android or, or an right, iPhone. Right, right. I mean, that's just a, a culture nowadays. We're all on Instagram trying to get those selfies out. So let's talk about Sony, though, because this is interesting. Sony's you know, had a presence in smartphones over the years. They had Windows phones for a while, yeah. of course, Android phones. But here you've got the Xperia line teasing a new announcement right. at Mobile World Congress. Like, what could this be? I don't know. I mean, did you see the teaser? Yeah, it's it's basically like somebody holding up a curve. and, and, and uh, Like some air. Right. Like a, a jet stream going across a hand curving into the hand yes so what does that imply to you that it's a curved screen that, i thought that, that was like be the implication that's so 2015 it's very old in fact lg used to have a, a line of curved display yeah. phones called the lg flex the g flex and the g flex 2 where they're two curved screen devices right. and they were like hey when you hold this up to your face you know your face is round so our phone curves around the natural curve of your face um but in practice it was just very annoying because you had this curved phone in your pocket uh, or on your table that would just wobble. So I don't know, though. I mean, it does imply to me that it's either a curved phone or some sort of flexible flexible screen. I don't know. Um, the Xperia line is not that big in the United States compared to, like, Europe and other parts of the world. So I'm curious. Like, they're try obviously, they're trying to get some sort of attention. That's why they put the teaser out. They know everybody's kind of tuning into Mobile World Congress for Samsung. And they want to be part of the conversation as well. So Yeah, this Mobile World Congress starts on February 26th in Barcelona. You'll start to see, even before that, press events where a lot of these major manufacturers are announcing their new phones. Yeah. And really, more so than at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, you start to see the new phones, especially yeah. this time of year. Oh, right. Absolutely. No one, no one really announces phones at CES, actually. It's usually accessories that you see for phones. They are not like new announcements for smartphone devices, for whatever reason that is. I don't know. Yeah. When you look at the competition between Samsung and Apple, they really are in many ways head-to-head -head if you look at yes. overall worldwide market share. Do you think that's just going to be the case from now on, that Android and iOS are essentially this duopoly with you know, Apple leading the charge with hardware on the iPhone and Samsung sort of being the flagship Android phone? Or, or just... Is there room for Huawei or another one of these companies to come in and really take the the crown from well, Samsung? Well, it, it depends on what metric you're going by. So outside of the like the U.S. is totally different. If you go outside the U.S., Huawei is killing it all over the place. Like no one even knows in the U.S. No one even knows what Huawei right. is. And it's, if you leave, everybody knows what Huawei is. So for the folks who don't know, it's it's a telecom company, yes, and a handset company based in China, right. And so Huawei actually makes a bunch of the cell towers, cell tower equipment that we have even here in the U.S., and they decided to get into the smartphone game a few years ago, and they have they have been overtaking a lot of people. They're, they're in the top, I think they're in the top four. Remind me what their main phones are. 
the current phone, the big flagship phone right now is the Huawei Mate 10 Pro. That's the one that just launched a few days ago in the U.S. and has been available outside the U.S. as of a few months ago. So that was their big phone that they were supposed to have a deal with AT&T right. that then got pulled. And Verizon was going to have a deal with them, and that got pulled too um, due to pressure from the U.S. government, apparently. I don't know much about that, why they don't want a Chinese manufacturer to sell phones here when pretty much everything is made there anyway, but it's neither here nor there. Well, it's security concerns. That's what the U.S. government would say. I I, I mean, I guess. Whether or not that's justified, that would be the justification. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, but inside the end, you know, the other thing, though, is that Apple makes almost all the profit in the smartphone space. So even though they may be selling less, they're eating all the profit. Their average selling price as of last quarter was $800 per phone. The starting price for phones on, on the iPhone line is 650 So you can see that a lot of people are buying more expensive phones if the average selling price is $800. So Apple gets the largest chunk of profit. Samsung gets the largest chunk of units, units sold. And so then it's like, which one is more important to you? Would you rather sell the most but not make any money or would you rather sell less but make all the money? I want to make the money. Yeah, exactly. Well, one last thing there on the Samsung Galaxy S9, on the Samsung Galaxy S9, is that the the bezels are very much still continuing with this trend. Oh, yeah. A very uh, glass-heavy front screen, thin bezels, and this whole notion of being able to maximize the amount of real estate on the front of the device and actually shrink the device in yeah. some cases compared to past models. How do you feel about that? I love it. Man, the like iPhone that 10, that's the best thing about it. It's the killer feature. Well, look at you. Like, you have this thick case that How add, many? you actually added bezel to your phone this, you, you, what are you, you give doing? me a hard time about the iphone iphone every single time about my case <laughs> at least i'm using the 10 large case yeah, that's, that's true right. that's true hey I have it for five years speaking of iphone and android we i want to talk about swipe swipe s-w-y-p-e this yes. was the pioneer of alternative mobile inputs the whole notion where you drag your finger across the screen to connect the letters to create the words right. rather than actually tapping them now, out. You, you like this app? I I, you I do. This? I like. I've, I've used Swipe. It came to the iPhone in 2014, yeah. but it was very early on the most popular alternative keyboard on Android. So they started on Android. It was right. a Seattle company. Um, Cliff Kushler started it. He was one of the pioneers of T9. Okay, remember T9? Wow, absolutely. Do you ever T9? All the time. You know, there's All like the a little sidekick. swath. There's a swath of the population that's probably now entering their 30s <laughs> that, that can like T9 like nobody's business. Right, right. You know, if people don't know what I'm talking about. It's a whole notion of pressing the number keys right. multiple times until you got to the letter you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At any rate, he was a pioneer of that, and then he went on to create the technology that went into swipe it's since become a much more uh, widely used technology than it, it was originally and obviously more uh, than t9 and now nuance the company that acquired it yep. is killing it off killing it off now you said it released for the iphone in 2014 so has that been your default uh keyboard app for the past four years no it, it hasn't it hasn't. I, I go back and forth depending on, you know something, I switch back and forth depending on the application. I'm very finicky about keyboards. <laughs> I'll go to the default. I'll, I will go to the Gboard, Google's okay. board. I'll go to Swipe, you know. Now, why would you use Swipe over Gboard? Because Gboard has that same technology, doesn't it? it essentially, yes. It has very similar technology. So, yeah, I know. It, I was a little I was a little hometown loyal there for a That's while. That's it. That's it. We have a, we have a global and national audience, so they don't necessarily care 
that swipe is based you know, where I know, we are. I know the former CEO, Mike Mascheri, you know, he's, he's running a healthcare company now. This guy's Zelf. name dropping. He's name dropping now. <laughs> so, but we still have Gboard. You do. So if you like swiping around, Gboard's still there, and Google updates Gboard very frequently. Yes. And swipe seemed like, I don't use it, I don't actually like using anything but the default keyboard, um, but it seemed like Swiped was n- Swipe was not getting updated okay. anywhere near as much it's quite possible. as Google updates Gboard. Now, of course, Microsoft acquired SwiftKey, which oh, that's is another a, one. a main yeah. competitor. So there's lots of alternatives out there. Maybe this is not a, a lament of the technology disappearing so much as it is, hey, that's really too bad that that company got acquired and then their technology got killed. Well, however, the app got killed, but isn't the technology being used for some other machine learning purpose going forward. Yes. I thought that was the story. Yeah. So th- there, there is sort of a, a second life. So what they're saying is we have this technology, and rather than using it to predict what you're trying to type by swiping your finger around, when there may be other alternatives to that, we're going to use this for something else. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it could be something interesting in the future. All right, so that is a quick rundown of some of the week's gadget news. But coming up, we are going to be talking about Andrew's hands-on experience. I can't wait to hear about this mm-hmm. with the Apple HomePod. Apple HomePod. All right, that's coming up on Geared Up on GeekWire. A big shout-out to National Car Rental for sponsoring this week's episode of Geared Up. Hey, Road Warriors. The latest tech puts me in the driver's seat every time I travel. Control your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. You can bypass the counter and choose any car on the aisle, so you have more time to listen to Geared Up to find out what's going on in the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. Go national. Go like a pro. Check them out at nationalcar.com. Subject to availability and other restrictions. Requires enrollment in the complimentary Emerald club welcome back to geared up i'm todd bishop i'm andrew edwards hey it's time for our giveaway winner yes as you recall we were giving away a muse device this is one of those devices that gets to plug into your car even if you don't have a fancy car like yours andrew if you have a (laughs) a 10 year old car like mine you can plug this into your car using the bluetooth or the the headphone jack or the aux jack and get Alexa, Amazon's Alexa. Alexa. Built right in. Into your car via your smartphone. Right, right. And it doesn't always work perfectly, but hey, you're getting it for free if you Better got the giveaway, nothing. right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So this was our contest where you needed to subscribe to Geared Up yep. to be able to be eligible to win. Right. Our winner, chosen at random. Who do we have? From the submissions, Dan Thierer of Northampton, Pennsylvania. Congratulations to Dan. That's right. Is that how you say Northampton? Northampton. 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 Okay. Up, up near, uh, yes, up in the, the Lehigh Valley, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I thought it was Lehigh. I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about Pennsylvania, but Dan does. That's right. And Dan is the winner. So, Dan, we've already contacted you, and we're going to be getting this Muse device on its way to you. Yes. All right. And stay tuned. We will have more giveaways here on Geared Up okay. as well. So now it is time for our National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, sir. Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. You can also find my show, Technically Speaking, that I do with National Car Rental as well on nationalcar.com in the control center, or you can go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. Don't forget the latest technology puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience and National Car Rentals Emerald Club. I'm a member. We'll keep For free. You there. <laughs> For free. There you go. So the story of the week this week from National Car Rental is taking a look at Apple's HomePod smart speaker or dumb speaker, whatever. However you see Siri, because Siri in this case 
isn't the best. Okay, so let's talk right about there. this. So this is a high-end speaker. It's yeah. essentially like an Echo, except it has Siri in it, and mm-hmm. the sound is amazing. Yes. So how much does this thing cost? Three fifty. Three hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money in terms of money, <laughs> but it's not a lot of money when you compare what the HomePod can do okay. to other speakers that can do what it does. Okay. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. So let's talk about what can it do? So the main thing with the HomePod is that it has these tweeters going all around the circumference. It has one uh has one subwoofer pointing upwards. And it has an A8 processor in it, which is the chip from, I believe it's the iPhone 6S. So it's running iOS with a powerful processor. Why does it need a processor if it's just a speaker, right? So the reason is that anywhere you put the HomePod, it's actively listening and sending signals that are silent to us um, all around the circumference out and then listening back with its microphones to hear Okay, I'm near. I'm three feet from a wall this side, and there's a wall over there, oh. five feet away, and this is open space, and it knows to program the music and send it out in such a way. It shapes the sound. It shapes the sound, and it does it in a way that it's basically sending things to the wall that are okay to bounce off a wall, but it's not sending anything to the wall that would like cause an echo wow. or anything like that. And if you pick it up and move it, it has an accelerometer inside that knows, oh, it's time to uh, recalibrate because we just got put somewhere else in a room. So it knows where it is. And that, like, it, it sounds silly, but it, it makes it sound more than just a little speaker. Like, it's, it's not much taller than this. Like it's, this, it's little, so it's maybe what five inches tall? Yeah, five or six inches tall, and it it's just very compact. But when you turn it on, and you if you set it to full volume, and you close your eyes, it sounds like there's a large wall of sound in front of you. It doesn't sound like there's a little Bluetooth speaker. Wow, in front in front of you on the desk. So that technology, though, where it's actively listening and recalibrating, apparently was only found in speakers that were in like the five figure range previously to this. So you're getting technology or more, more, right. For a pair of like huge floor standing speakers. So that's the positive. Like you, and I would turn it, I turned it up to a hundred percent and I have a playlist of music that I use for testing speakers. Um, When I test speakers, I try to use not necessarily just songs that I like, but like songs that are, that are good for testing a speaker. So it may not be my favorite song or even a genre that I enjoy, but I can still tell if, okay, this sounds clear, it sounds you know muddy, it sounds echoey or whatever. And even at 100% volume, it sounds perfect. It's amazing. Okay, so the sound is amazing. The sound is what, amazing. What, what's the source of your music? Is it just Apple Music? I or? was using Apple Music, yeah. Can, can you use third-party apps and like Spotify? So and... the way Apple, so the, this is the thing with the HomePod that people need to understand before they buy one. Apple made a speaker for Apple users. So if you're an Apple Music user, they made a speaker for you. This is very a very common theme from Apple. Right, but I mean, you know, it's and some people get annoyed by that, but really there are so many speakers on the market that if you don't use Apple Music, you have plenty of other options. Um, they make a music service. They make a smartphone. They make these tablets. They make an operating system, and they're saying... First of all, no other speaker supports Apple Music. Sonos supports it like in a, in a roundabout way, but not in a direct way. Even the Alexa Sonos, you can't tell it to play stuff from Apple Music. So there is no speaker until now for Apple Music users. That said, um, 
Apple Music works out of the box as soon as you turn it on. If you have an account set up by the way of the speaker, you have AirPods? Not yet. No, okay. I've almost bought them like forty times. <laughs> well, it's just do it. It's one of the best I, products. You know, they're so expensive, and then I think like, am I going to be the dork who looks over there like, God? That, there's the guy who spent $175 on his earbuds. That's not how much they cost, first of all. What, what is it, $160, $150? Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's $129, no, something like that. Show me where you can get them for $129. Come on. It's, something like, it's definitely not $179. Anyway, no, but I don't have AirPods. The AirPods are probably Apple's best product in the past five years. Okay. However, uh, when you set up AirPods, basically you just you take them out of the box, you open them up, they connect to a phone that's right next to it, you press connect, and you're done. That's your setup. The, AirPo- the, the HomePod is similar. You turn it on, you hold your phone next to it, you press yes a couple of times, and you're done. You're all set up. Well, see, that is the main appeal of the AirPods to me is the ability to have them work seamlessly across my Mac and my iPhone. That's very nice. I know from an expert that I know, you, that that that, that works. That's one of the main things. It works perfectly. He's, He's checking the price now. He's checking the price. Just press buy. Press the buy button. And then should I just buy it while we're on Yes, here? you should buy it right now. $159. What did I say? You said $179. Oh, well, and I said $129. So it's enough. basically right okay, in the middle. Yeah. Anywho. That was a microcosm of the anywho, way this show works. <laughs> the HomePod <laughs> will work with other music services. However, okay. when you turn the HomePod on out of the box, if you ask Siri for something, it's always going to default to Apple Music or your home library. Okay. If you want to use Spotify or Google Music or anything else, YouTube, you can, but you have to airplay to the speaker. All right. So if, as long as you airplay to it, it works. So what it doesn't have is Bluetooth. You cannot Bluetooth to the speaker, which means you have to use a device that has, that has airplay built in, which is an Apple device or an HTC device. You can't use Bluetooth. This is sounding like no to me. Well, here's, here's why. See, a lot of people are saying, why can't I use Bluetooth? But the thing is, airplay goes over Wi-Fi. And that means AirPlay does not have the bandwidth constraints that Bluetooth has. Bluetooth has a very narrow channel, whereas Wi-Fi can go up to a gigabit in speed. Okay, so, the average person does not care about any of this. They want to turn it on and they want it to use with every single music service. They want to be able to correct. use yeah, any headphones, whatever. No headphones. Yes. You can't. I mean, you're AirPlaying to it. It also doesn't have an auxiliary in. A lot of people get got mad so, at that as so, well. But but you're recommending this thing still. I didn't say I recommend. I didn't. Okay. I didn't give a recommend. Thought, yes thought, or no? Yeah. I'm okay, just telling so, you how it so works. Give me your bottom line. Well, we still got to. Well, so there's no auxiliary input. Okay. And so people were mad about that. They yes. say I want to be able to plug in anything into this. It's an expensive speaker. But what they don't realize is that that whole technology where it's doing the scanning of the room, it requires digital files in order to scan the room and then output the music properly. So that's why okay. if you were to plug in, like it defeats the whole purpose of the HomePod if you plug in an analog input. Okay. So should you buy the HomePod or not? There's one other thing to consider. The AirPlay 2 protocol is not finished yet, and therefore there are a couple of features for the HomePod that will not be available, that are not available today, that were promised you know, early on. One of them is multi-room right. music. So you can have different home pods in different rooms and have them all synced up. You can't do that yet. And the second is setting them up in a stereo pair. So you can put one home pod on one side of the room and one on the other and it'll do stereo music. Both of those only affect people who would buy more than one. If that's not you, then those don't matter. If you are an Apple owner who subscribes to Apple Music, I have not found any speaker that sounds better at this price, including the Google Home Max, which costs $50 more and the Sonos Play 5, which costs $150 more. This sounds better than both of those. I still want to do the thing where we set up 
seven speakers, <laughs> eight speakers. Blindfolded? Alexa blindfolded. Everything. Every, just the whole thing. Everything. The dot. Yeah, the whole thing. And, and see if you can, see, just like a, like a taste test, like back in the I old like days. I like that. The Pepsi test. I was no the Pepsi challenge, the Pepsi I think challenge, it was. Yeah. Right, back in the day. Let's do it. Can we do Let's that? Let's do it. We should okay, do it. Right. Yes. We're going to do that. Okay, so that is the HomePod. That's the HomePod. And so for you, the answer if is yes. If you are an Apple product owner and an Apple Music subscriber, who wants to buy something for great sounding music? Yes. If you don't really care about the quality of the music sound, which quite honestly, most people, like you can get by with a $99 speaker and get very decent sound that can do Bluetooth and that can that has an aux in. Um if you don't care about that, you know, all that crazy tech in there, just get something like that. But if you want the best sounding speaker you can buy for the money and you are in the Apple ecosystem, the HomePod is where it's at. But it does not work with the AirPods that I just bought for $160. Like, why would it, though? Why would it? Why would a speaker? It's a speaker. I know. I know. I was just that makes the, no sense. I was making the joke that I just bought them. That was Did you name. buy them? No, I didn't buy them. Just hit the <laughs> checkout button. <laughs> All right. Hey, we've got one more story left to talk about. You're not going to want to miss it. It does not suck. It is coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, we have one last story here to talk about. I've been looking forward to this one because you can explain it to me, right? Andrew? Yes. Move that slide. Move the slide over. Let people see what this is all about. Dyson, the company best known for its vacuum cleaners, yep. is coming out with not one, not two, but three electric cars. Three electric vehicles. That's the rumor um, reported by The Verge. Yeah, apparently Dyson sees electric cars as its future. So that's very interesting. Like the, the guy, you've seen the guy that, that is the, the CEO of yeah. Dyson, right? He's always in the commercial. I think his name is Dyson. Is that his name? Okay, yes. I didn't even realize that. So, so his name, James Dyson. Um, he, seems like, he seems like he's kind of a genius type of guy. He seems like an almost a, a miniature Elon Musk yeah. in a way. So he is going to be taking Dyson into the next frontier. The future is not in vacuum cleaners anymore, apparently. The future is in electric cars. So I don't know. I mean, I think that is a very futuristic way to go. I just don't know, like, where where is your expertise in making cars? Because even someone like Elon Musk is having a problem getting out electric vehicles. So we should say we're showing an image behind us that's pretty funny. It is essentially <laughs> it is essentially the mashup of a car with a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Right. And that's apparently that's what propels it. Yeah. To go. This is <laughs> this is a joke. This has to be a joke because we don't know what the car is. That car is a like. joke. Yeah. This car is a joke. That is not And this we should say is a composite. Yeah, that's just people Jalopnik, making fun. Yeah, the website. They're just people making fun of this story. But the fact is they are looking to make legitimate real electric vehicles for people to buy do you take this seriously i think they're serious about it i mean that's as serious as i can take it i think they are serious about it um but like i said i don't know where their expertise comes from in making electric vehicles like a couple of years ago the big rumor was that apple was going to be building an electric vehicle and they were and then it turned out that it was it's very hard to go from not ever making cars to all of a sudden making cars and Apple actually shelved that project and instead is working on things like CarPlay. And um, I think they're also now working on a more, you know, CarPlay, you have to plug your phone in and the phone controls everything. I think Apple's also working on something that they can sell to auto manufacturers to just have built into the vehicle. Um, but they're not making cars. So 
I don't know. Like we have Tesla that came in trying to make vehicles, and every time they announce a new vehicle and a ship date, they miss it. And they have the new Model 3 right now that they're getting into people's hands. And I don't know if you've seen this, but there's all sorts of problems. People get their deliveries and like the there's panel gaps and the car's not built right. and have to take it back in. So it's very hard. It's not an easy market. And no. so that makes me think, is a vacuum cleaner maker really going to make a dent in this market? I don't know. We'll see. Will they clean up? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, I know you are you going to buy wow. one? <laughs> Turn the tables on me. I don't know if I'm going to buy one of those. Um, I mean, we'll see. I'm not going to say no, but it has to be impressive. Um, I believe I don't. I don't even know how long it takes to go from saying we're going to build cars to actually showing one. Like, are we going to see this at CES 2020? No. No. Okay. No. I, this may be the last you see of it. That's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll right. see. We'll see. Hey, good show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to have you back here in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. So that is Geared Up for now. Don't forget, you can subscribe at geekwire.com slash geared up or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, wherever you might get your podcasts. Yes. And until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening to Geared Up. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gear live and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.